You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Here in the book of Psalm, chapter 65, we serve an awesome God. Amen. We serve an awesome God. And, you know, we can look around at the world around us and we can see problems and we can see issues, but we also can look at the world around us and see that we have an amazing God to serve. No matter the condition in our life, no matter the cause of our circumstances, no matter the cares that consume us, we have an awesome God. You know, every one of us are in a different stage in life. I'm looking out and I see some that are in elementary school. I see some uh, junior hires. I see uh, some in high school, some that are just graduated, some uh, young adults just starting life out. Uh, we, we have uh, young couples, young families. We have single uh, people serving the Savior. Uh, you know, we've got our seniors, and uh, everybody is facing different things in our season. And with that, it's important for us to realize how good God is all the time. God's good all the time. All the time. And you know what? That's a, that's a phrase we got to grab a hold of. Because sometimes the burdens of life will cause us to doubt the character of God. The condition that we are in does not change who God is. God is good. It is His nature that he is good. He is a good God. We serve an awesome God, and God's goodness is not based on our happiness, but on his character. It's based on his character. And God is good all the time, and academically we know that. Academically we can embrace that, but we do not always feel that. You know, we've got to, we need to commune with ourselves sometimes. We need to have a conversation. Do you ever talk to yourself? And they say, well, it's okay to talk to yourself as long as you're not answering. I, I, I find myself answering as well. And you know, sometimes we have to talk ourselves through where we're at. Sometimes we have to look at our situation and find out where we're at and have a conversation with self. And I'll just start talking to myself, Carrie, that's dumb. Why do you feel like that? And I'll walk through and I'll have a conversation with myself and I will talk to myself about what I know is true about God when my emotions are not in alignment. So, Pastor, you're not always in alignment with your faith. I wish I could say that I was. I wish I could say that my emotions always lined up with my beliefs. 
Sometimes I don't feel it. But it doesn't change that it's true. Just like marriage. You know, if Deb all of a sudden says, you know what, I just don't feel like a married lady today. Go away. You're cooking your own food and you're cleaning your own house and uh, you're taking care of everything. And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, that doesn't fly. We're, ma- we're married, you know. And so whether or not she cooks and cleans and, or I help with that, and I do occasionally, uh, but uh, very occasional. Uh, so, uh, but whether or not you feel it doesn't change reality. So here, this, this past week, Deb and I were uh, on our annual planning retreat, and time to get away, a time to pray, a time to plan, a time to prepare, and looking at the theme for the new year, the calendar, uh, what things that we are going to focus on for uh, this coming year, and 2023 is the church's 50th anniversary. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so I'm excited about uh, the theme for the year. And this year's theme is going to be announced in January. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll have all of that out. But, you know, we, we got away for a little bit. And on this, this retreat, we went to the ocean. And, and I was, we were able to just watch the ocean. Man, there is something amazing about God's creation. And as I was sitting there and as I was watching those waves, I watched how one wave after another, they would come in, they would rise, they would crest, then they would crash. And as soon as one was crashing, the other one had already crested and it was crashing. And one after another, after another. And as I was watching that, the Lord just made a connection in my own soul that that's sort of how life is. Those waves. They come in, in life, and all of a sudden it will rise and everything is good. And it will crest, and we're on the mountaintop. But then all of a sudden we see that wave doesn't stay in that condition. And it'll crash. The ups and the downs. You know what? Life is not always on the up. But let me tell you, it's not always on the down either. It's not always on that down. They would build and rise and crash and over and over and over again without any reprieve. They kept on coming. And I thought about those waves and and I observed those waves and I made a few observations. Waves are a part of life, just like they are a part of the sea. Waves are a part of life. Every wave changes the landscape. Think about it. With every wave, 
it will take and bring something in from the ocean and deposit it on the shore. And the, that wave and or the very next wave will grab something from the shore and take it back out to the sea. All you have to do is go and stand in the, in the waves as they're breaking and right at the edge of the sea. And you know what you'll find? Is you will find that as the waves start to go back out, it is taking the very sand from under your feet, pulling it across from above where you're standing and underneath you and pulling it right back out. Every wave changes the landscape. Life is like that. It does not stay the same. So waves represent hope to some and loss to others. We watch those, that ocean and watch the waves and what we would find is about 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning when Deb was just getting up. Just kidding. She is an early riser. But we'd get up and that was about when high tide was where we were at. And all of a sudden cars would be parked up on the, the cliff and you would look out and all of a sudden there was four or five surfers, there were 10 surfers, uh, there were 14 surfers. And these guys, they would see that tide coming up and to them, it was exciting. They looked at every one of those waves as an, as an exciting opportunity. But then we have other people, we watched as we walked the shore and you could see the countenance of people. You could see that some would go and they would watch and they had a look not of amazement, but of emptiness. And the crashing of the waves, the sound of the wind and the seashore, to them it represented loss. This morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, the waves keep coming. The waves keep coming. And let's pray together. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. And Lord, I love these people and I want to be a help to them. And I thank you for uh, just the opportunity to be able to open the Word of God and to be able to preach it, proclaim it, to teach it, uh, to edify. Lord, what a, what a great opportunity. And, and Lord, what a, what a blessed church we have uh, to be able to, uh, to gather and uh, to be in your house. And now, Lord, as the Word of God is opened, I pray that you would help us this morning. Lord, I, as I look around, I see people with hope and I see others, Lord, that are going through some uh, tumultuous times in their life. And Lord, I pray that this message would be a help uh, to both, a help to all. And may you just take uh, these truths and help us, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. 
As we look here at this, uh, this passage, I want to go back here as we uh, look at this uh, situation and this uh, context of Scripture. No matter what our perception of what the waves represent in our life, no matter where we are at currently, uh, we have those, uh, Brother Bill just lost his dad this week. Uh, others are dealing with cancer and uh, others are dealing with health issues and uh, some have got uh, young families expecting babies. I mean, there's, there's excitement on one side, there's uh, concern on the other, and everybody in between. Uh, we've got some that are getting ready to get married uh, in just a little bit of uh, time. Brother Chris, how, how long? One month. One month. All right. Uh, no days? 40? Okay. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll ask Annalise and see where she's at on that. Uh, but uh, the reality is there's, there's exciting things going on. And you know what? What a blessing to be able to be uh, a part of, uh, of people's lives. Uh, you know, as we come into church, it's not just that we're coming in, sitting down, uh, and, and just observing, being spectators. We get to engage uh, with people. We get to engage in the lives of those who God has assembled here. Uh, and so uh, don't miss out on that. Uh, for those uh, that maybe have not built any relationships yet, or just a few, work at building relationships. Uh, it means so much. Uh, and so no matter where we are and what, what uh, the waves would represent in our life, uh, what we do know is they continue to come. Uh, there are waves of blessings that come to us day by day, and those blessings come from God. Amen. There are blessings that we receive uh, day by day. The Bible tells us that he daily loadeth us with benefits. So let's look at a couple of these benefits. Uh, let's look at Psalm 65 uh, and verse number two. He said, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. You know what? Prayer is a benefit. It is a blessing uh, of God. You know what? When you have a burden in your life, uh, when you have uh, a need that is so great, you need somebody to hear you, somebody to listen. Uh, God is always a listening ear. He said, well, I don't have anybody that I can tell. You have a God in heaven that you can tell. And there is nobody better that you can tell uh, than God. And it is wonderful to be able to connect with an individual, but so much better to be able to connect with God. And, and here we see that prayer, thou that hearest prayer, it is not just words that are thrown towards the ceiling it is thrown to heaven and God hears. He hears. You know, God is not like us men. My wife can be talking to me and I can be hearing that she is talking. And she'll ask me, are you listening to me? Well, sure, honey, I'm, I'm listening. What did I say? <laughs> Has anybody else been there besides me? All right. Okay. And, and with that, what was it? I was hearing noise. You know what? We're talking about that background noise, that white noise. But not listening. She's still smiling. I'm okay. 
But the reality is God does not, that's not how our, our prayers are with him. And whether you feel like God is listening doesn't change the fact that God is listening. Thou that hearest prayer. God listens to our prayers. He hears our prayers. He hears the ones that we utter with our lips. He hears the ones that uh, we, we have in our soul as, as we are crying out to God. God hears our prayers. Thou that hearest prayer, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and of and in things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know what? Uh, God is going to hear everybody's prayer. Even the people that say that they don't pray, the people that they say uh, that say that they do not believe in God, one day they are going to bow the knee, and they are con- going to confess with their mouth that Christ is Lord, uh, to the glory of God the Father. But we have a God uh, who hears prayer. Uh, we have a God, look at Psalm 65, 3 here. We have a God who is forgiving, a forgiving God. Verse number three, he said, Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Praise the Lord. What a benefit, what a blessing. Those waves, they keep coming. The the reality that God hears our prayers, that is a blessing uh, that keeps on coming. It's a wave that keeps coming. Uh, The the forgiveness of God, uh, it just keeps on coming. Uh, It is there uh, ready for us. Verse number four, what else do we see? Another blessing that keeps on coming, another wave that comes. Uh, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. You know what we find here? We find the presence of God. The presence of God. The presence of God is available to all of us. God's presence should not be spooky. We should should know God's presence. Amen. We should sense God's presence. You know, there are people that have personalities and whatnot, and when they, when they get there, when they walk in, you know somebody's there. You know what? And God's there, you know it. When God's present, you know it. And his presence is available. That's a blessing. Uh, and, and God wants to be there. His goodness, the provisions of God. Uh, he says that we shall, in verse number four, we can be satisfied with the goodness of thy house. Uh, God's goodness. And, and the blessings that just come uh, over and over uh, to us. He said, uh, with the goodness of thy house. Even, verse four, it says, even thy holy temple. What do we have? The, the house of God. Uh, blessings. God gives us so many blessings blessings. And we've got to realize them. 
But this morning, we're going to look at just three things. So in the next uh, three hours, I'm going to give you these three things. Uh, Just kidding. Uh, But uh, anyway, we're going to look at three things this morning. Look at our text, verse number five. He said, by terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar upon the sea. And I want you to see, first of all, uh, that uh, he is the God of our salvation. I want you to see, first, that the waves come. He saveth. He saveth. He is a God who saves. Are you saved this morning? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt when you lay your head on your pillow at night that if, if you don't take, uh, you don't wake in the morning, that you are going to meet your Savior? Heaven is going to be your home. You know what? There is great peace in that. There's great peace in that. You know, I have had, I have had good health in my life. And uh, years back, or last year, I guess, uh, went into the hospital and they thought I was having a heart attack. And so I uh, went in and uh, he took me right back and they're running, running tests and then kept me overnight. And, and so uh, that was going on. And then they, were, uh, they took me in and, and the tech, right before they gave me a test, she said, okay, we've got everything ready for bypass surgery. All of a sudden, everything changes. You know, the reality is that there was a peace. I was like, wow, this might be it. But there was a peace. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And some of you have experienced that and cancer and surgeries and event after event. And you've been through that many times. But the reality is, if you are a child of God, there's a peace that passes understanding. And the Lord said it should keep our hearts and minds. Uh, He saveth. And you know what? With those waves that are coming, and though there might be uh, an eternal salvation, there is also salvation from the circumstances of life. He just doesn't leave us there to drown. He's there. We We have a great God. He saveth. April 23rd, 1983, I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. You say, Pastor, we've already heard this story. You're going to hear it again and again and again and again. Uh, But uh, why? Because I haven't got over my salvation. I don't want to get over my salvation. But as a teenage boy, 14 years old, had zero interest in going to church. And let me tell you, uh, parents, uh, if you have children in the home, they don't have an oper- should not have an opportunity whether or not they go to church. Amen. Bring them. Well, you know, they're, they're, they don't want to be here and they might just rebel. If, they're gonna, uh, if that's the case, they're gonna, they've already rebelled. My parents, they said, we're going to church. And this was the week before the 23rd. 
And, and they said, we're going to church. The Holy Spirit had been working on my mom, and she decided she, was gonna, she wanted to go to church. And so she talked Pops into it, and Pops said, okay, well, if I'm going, everybody's going. And I said, you guys can go if you want. I'm not going. And we had a knockdown drag out, and I lost. And we went to church. And we got to church, and we got to the bottom of the hill uh, of the church, and and uh, Pops looked down at his watch, and he was, we were like three minutes late. He says, I'm not walking in late. We'll come back next week. We got home. I walked in the door. I picked up the phone. It was on the wall. It had a cord hanging from it uh, and uh, had dials. And so uh, I picked up the phone, called my brother. He had already uh, moved out of the house. And I said, hey, I'm going to spend next weekend with you just so I would miss church. And so that weekend, next weekend, I... Went to spend the weekend with my brother uh, across uh, over in Bremerton uh, area, uh, Gig Harbor. And uh, so we went over there, spent the weekend with him. I came home Sunday morning. When I came home, mom, dad, my sister, they were, they were gone. I'm sitting in the living room watching TV. They walk in about one o'clock. Uh, I look up uh, and I look and I see that their hair's all wet. And it's like, what happened to them? No, I didn't even process that. I just kept watching TV. I didn't care. And so they, uh, they had all been to church. Hair got, was wet. They got saved, got baptized that Sunday morning. And you know what? That's how it's supposed to happen. You know, you get saved and you follow the Lord in believer's baptism. I'm not quite sure why people keep hanging on to this uh, and waiting and waiting and waiting, whether or not they're going to be obedient. Uh, it's sort of like telling your kids, hey, take out the trash. Well, you know, I will when I feel like it. Uh, no, that doesn't, that doesn't fly. Uh, and so uh, anyway, uh, uh, the, they, they got uh, saved and baptized. And about, uh, I think it was about six o'clock that night. Church used to be at 7 p.m. Uh, on Wednesday night or on Sunday nights. And uh, and so uh, about six o'clock, Pop said, get ready. I said, for what? He said, we're going to church. I said, you already went to church. He said, we're going again. I said, you can go if you want to. I'm not going. We had knockdown drag out. Pop's won. And I lost and I went to church. And I was sitting right about where Brother Roy, Roy was at, maybe one row back. So the preachers left. And on that Sunday night, I was there. I didn't want to be there. I was mad I was there. I was sort of mocking everything that was going on. People would sing and, and everybody was excited about it and happy. And I remember thinking, this is terrible. And I sat there and during the invitation, I have no idea what that preacher preached. But during the invitation, a military Air Force guy walked up, grabbed me by the elbow. said, hey, do you know for sure if you died, you'd go to heaven? I said, no. He said, would you like to know? And he walked me down to the altar, opened up the scriptures, and I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know what? He saveth. But you know what? It wasn't just salvation that day. He saved me all these years. There's been so many things that he has worked in my life. And Christian, let me tell you something. The waves may come and they might keep crashing in and you might feel like things are going bad. Uh, he is a God who is always there. He saveth. Uh, secondly, I want you to see, uh, I'm going to cut some of this out here. He setteth. 
Uh, look with me at verse number six. By which his strength setteth fast the mountains. You know, God in his nature, he is a settler. He establishes. What he says comes to pass. What he does is done. It's not, it's not up in the air. It's not, well, you know, I'm going to try to do this. Have you ever tried to do something and it didn't work? God never tries to do anything. God just does it. He, he setteth, uh, he setteth fast the mountains. He put them in their place. The, the establishment of that. He establishes, he establishes mountains. He, has, he sets them. He setteth fast the mountains. What he does, he does. God's existence gives foundation to our existence. Let me say that again. God's existence gives foundation to our existence. You know, we are so frail. Life is so frail. And one moment things can be fine and good and the next moment there can be tragedy. There can be new life, there can be loss of life. So quick. So quick. He settleth. He is a God who settles. Uh, stability. We are frail and we are fragile and we falter and fail, yet God is steadfast and sure. He is our habitation, uh, our dwelling place. He is our rock. He is our fortress. Psalm 71, 3, he said, Thou art my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. He wasn't talking about salvation of his soul. He was talking about the condition in his life. And David, he was trusting God to save him uh, in, in the situations in life. He was also trusting God to be the one to settle him. His habitation, uh, his fortress, his shelter, his strong tower. Psalm 61.3, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. You know what? God is our strong tower. He's our strong tower. What a blessing. You know, when I was growing up, I was, I was a runt. I was a little, little guy. And with that, I was not going to be the target. And so uh, I was a scrapper. I was always in fights. I mean, I think, it was, I think it was my fifth grade year. My parents said, if you can go two weeks without getting a note sent home from school for fighting, you, we will buy you a brand new BMX dirt bike. I did not get the bike. And I mean, I was, I was always in a scrap. And, uh, and so, uh, but with that, uh, I always knew I had a big brother. Does anybody else have a big brother? I had a big brother. My big brother, he was a big brother. And here I was, I was little and scrawny, but my brother was not little and scrawny. And I thought, well, if I can't take him, my brother will take him. I found myself in all kinds of fights with people so much bigger than me just because I knew I had a big brother. Let me tell you something. We have somebody a lot better than just a big, big brother. We have a God who is there. We have a God who is there that can handle 
anything. He can handle any situation. Uh, he is our shelter. He is our strong tower. The waves keep coming. He, sa he saveth. Uh, the waves keep coming. He setteth. He establishes. And you are in his hand. And if you are in his hand, you are stable. Grab a hold of that. If you are in the hand of God, you are as safe as you can be. No matter what life is throwing your way. No matter the size of those waves. No matter the condition of those circumstances. If you are in the hand of God, then you are stable. God settleth. Sometimes we have to stop and think about this so we can let our mind be stable. Have you ever worked yourself up? Have you, have you ever been offended about something and then you just kept on thinking about it and kept on thinking about it? And then as you thought about it, then all of a sudden you started thinking about other things and added them in. And this little event all of a sudden became this huge event. Why? Because you, your mind was not settled. You know, we, we have to stop and recognize no matter what the place of these waves are in our life, he, he settleth. He setteth. He establishes the situations. He he, uh, he allows, he set it, setteth uh, our situations in life. So he saveth, he setteth. But I want you to see verse number seven, Psalm 65. He stilleth, he stilleth. Which stilleth the noise of the seas. The noise of their waves and the tumult of the people. The same God who made the waves and the sea can still our soul. He can still our soul. Brother Randy, good seeing him uh, and Miss Yaleen this morning and gone through um, uh, major surgeries. You know what? Our minds, boy, in those times, we've got we to come to God. He's the one that can still them. He stilleth the noise of the sea. Dev and I were at the ocean and we, you could just hear the waves. We'd open up that screen door. It was cold, so we'd keep it closed. But we'd open it sometimes just to listen to the noise. And you know what? It was refreshing. It was calming. But sometimes the noise is oppressive. He stilleth the noise of the sea. You know, the same God who made the waves and the sea can control our soul. The sound, the splash, the severity of the storm, 
Yet he, the God of creation, the God who saveth, the God who setteth, he can also still. He can still our soul. You know, it's not the noise of the sea that hurts. The reality is, the noise of the sea has not injured us. But the noise of the sea can bring fear. There is a lot of unsettling in our soul because of the noise of what's going on around us. You know what? We have to be able to come to God and say, Lord, I know you're still in control. Amen? Just because we have lost control does not mean he has lost control. And the reality is, we never had control to begin with. We just came to a recognition that we were out of control. And here when we realize that he stilleth the noise, you know what that brings? Brings peace. There is peace available for our soul. The storms can be raging, yet there can be peace. He can still the noise of the sea. And that sea and uh, uh, all that it represents and the waves that are there and the power that is there, uh, the the destruction that can come from it. We look at uh, all of the different situations with the, the hurricanes and uh, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, storm tides and uh, the destruction that is there, uh, the power that is there. Yet God, no matter what the situation is in our life, he can still those seas. He can still the noise that's going on. You know what? When he stills that noise, we can hear that still, small voice. Still, small voice. Are you saved this morning? If you're you're saved this morning, you may be going through a storm in your life. Don't forget, he saveth. He settleth. He's, He's foundational. And then he stilleth. He can still the noise. He can still the, all of the things that bring fear into our life. You know what? God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So when we are fearful, we have to stop and ask ourselves, where's that coming from? And why don't I have peace? It's available. And that peace only God can give. You know, the world, the world is looking for that peace. Here, I'll give you a little bit of hope. I'm going to close my Bible. The world is looking for that hope. They are looking for that peace. But you know, without Christ, there is an emptiness. It's there. 
We are created, the Bible tells us, in the image of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is a triune God. God has made us in his image, and we are a tripart person, body, soul, and spirit. Back in, the, in Genesis chapter 3, we find that, that uh, uh, God, God had told Adam and Eve, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. There was, there was the, the knowledge that if they took of the fruit uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if they took and partook of that fruit, that they were going to die. The devil, the deceiver, uh, he, he lied. He said what God said was not true. And so uh, they were deceived. They took that fruit. Adam knowingly uh, took that fruit, uh, disobeyed God, yet he did not die physically. He still had a body, he still had a soul, but his spirit, our body is the flesh, what we see. Our soul, that's the real you. That's how we communicate with other people. That's your personality, your mind, your intellect, your emotions. That's your soul. And that's how you communicate with other people. But then your spirit is that part of you that communicates with God. And when Adam and Eve sinned, their spirit died. The Bible tells us that until we trust Christ, we are dead in trespasses and sins. That spirit is dead. And until a person is born again, they are only body and soul. There's a spirit, part of them is gone. It needs to be made alive again. You know what? When you trusted Christ, your spirit was made alive. You became a whole person, how God intended. And you know, if you're not saved this morning, no matter what you put in life, whether it's money, whether it's success, whether it's career, whether it's uh, entertainment, whatever you try to impart in your life to fulfill that emptiness that's there, nothing will replace the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation. If you're saved this morning, the waves may come. They keep coming, yet you're not alone. He brings in blessings, but there's also some things the landscape changes. Life isn't the same. We can't hold on. Yet we do have a God who is with us. He saveth, he settleth, and he stilleth. Our soul can be still. It does not have to be up in the air. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for being a God who uh, does know the condition of our soul. And Lord, today you are, you are so good and we praise you for that. Uh, but now, Lord, as we come in this invitation, I don't know what waves are, uh, our people are facing today, but you do. And some of those waves are bringing blessings, and some of those waves are resembling and uh, representing some hurts. Uh, but, Lord, you are always there. And so I pray that you'd help us now. Uh, with heads bowed, eyes closed, you're here this morning. Let me ask you a question. Are you saved? Do you know Christ is your personal Savior? 
If you're here this morning and you know Christ is your personal Savior, you can go back in your mind to a time, a day, where you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. As a testimony of that, uh, nobody's looking around me. Say, that's me this morning, Pastor. I am saved. I know it. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, just slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You're here this morning and you know you're saved. Amen. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I don't know. I don't have that assurance. I don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I, go, if I died, I'd go to heaven. I'm concerned about that. I would like to have that assurance. Pastor, pray for me. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. You're here like that this morning. Pastor, pray for me. I am unsure of my eternal destiny. Pray for me. Just lift your hand up. Let me pray for you this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you're here and that message... Maybe you're dealing with some storms. Maybe those waves are coming and they're crashing in around you. Let me tell you, God is, is there. He is with you. Father, you know the needs of each heart this morning. May you continue to work. Give us grace and help. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to trust you, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The instruments are playing. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. Bowed knee and yielded heart to God. Waves are coming. Waves keep coming. What does that look like in your life? Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.